Hello and welcome to the Go Gamecocks podcast, a quick and informative look into the state of University of South Carolina sports, presented by the State Newspaper. I am your host, Greg Hadley, and I am joined now by football reporter Ben Briner, and we are previewing South Carolina's game this Saturday, 7.30 p.m. against Vanderbilt. Ben, coming off a very discouraging loss to Tennessee, I think a lot of the, the goodwill around the program that was generated by upsetting Georgia has kind of gone away, but then the opening line comes out and South Carolina is favored by 16 points against Vanderbilt. So, with that in mind, is there any way that Will Muschamp and the Gamecocks can exceed expectations against a Vanderbilt team that is not very highly thought of? I think they're 2-5 and five on the season. I mean, they could score 50 if they wanted. I mean, that would probably help. It couldn't hurt. They could probably run him off the field pretty badly. That would maybe create a boost of a little confidence. Not, you know, it's not going to be program changing or anything, but it would at least would at least look good. Um, there's not really much beyond that. Vandy's real bad. The only thing they've done of, of true note is beat Missouri, who then turned around and got kind of smushed by Kentucky, despite Kentucky not having an actual quarterback and starting a receiver at quarterback. So, yeah, Vanderbilt, pretty bad. They've got a couple good offensive playmakers, really good running back. Their quarterback situation is sort of a mess. Um, they're starting a younger player, might be a freshman, who's a little more mobile. I know against Missouri they ran 42 times and did not throw it all that much. So might see kind of a ground-and-pound game. And I know the backup quarterback thing, especially after last week, is probably going to have some South Carolina fans a little spooked. Also, their defense is pretty bad. I think they're allowing 6.8 yards of play, which is really a ghastly amount and they are very aggressive so if South Carolina can complete some balls they might go a good long way yeah we were talking to some players at Tuesday's media availability and they were talking about the cover cover zero cover one defense that Vanderbilt has they like to blitz a lot but as compared to say Tennessee last week the Commodores just don't have the same amount of athletes I think just the, the talent disparity is really there and like you said that Missouri win is looking less and less impressive as we go along and by contrast, South Carolina's loss to Missouri is, is looking a little worse, too. Yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, looking at 247's numbers, Vanderbilt is 52nd in the country in, I guess, what you'd call raw talent as compared to Tennessee, which was 16th. So Vanderbilt certainly has, by any measure, worse guys. And Vanderbilt has probably some of the ugliest losses you will ever—not ever, but you will lay eyes on in sort of a modern context— I want to say that, I mean, they lost to UNLV, which is a team that is definitely going to fire its coach at the end of the year. And they lost to Ole Miss, which probably also will fire its coach at the end of this year. They've been just not very good. Um, they lost to Purdue before Purdue kind of fell off a cliff, but Purdue's still not very good. The only teams they've beaten are that weird Missouri game and a pretty not good Northern Illinois team by six whole points. So... I mean, Derek Mason might be fighting for, is probably almost assuredly fighting for his job after, I know after the Missouri win, in his post-game interview, he kind of got a little feisty and and talked about how people want this job and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of that means that if South Carolina were to look bad against Vanderbilt or potentially lose, which I don't think they will, that would would turn this whole season into something different. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing of having a coaching team maybe desperate to save his position. But at the same time, yeah. South Carolina, a loss here would truly send the season spiraling. Like you said, not likely to happen. They've won 10 in a row against the Commodores. But focusing more on South Carolina for a second, quarterback Ryan Holinski 
Coach Will Muschamp. Let's take a listen to what he said about him in his press conference because I thought it was kind of notable. Will, <clears throat> Ryan hasn't run much, hasn't run effectively. Is it because of what, what Ben was just talking about? I mean, are you concerned about the backup? Is he hurt or is he just not a good runner? No, he's not hurt. He's, let's make sure we're very clear of that. He's not hurt. I think that we're going to accentuate what each player does best. And right now, he, he's he's thrown thrown the ball well at times, and we got to continue to improve around him for us to throw the football better. And that's what he does best. Yeah. So Ben, very insistent that his health is good, but you're working on a story looking at just the, the state of the overall quarterback position for South Carolina. Can you take us through what you're looking at? Well, I'll start with the health being good. It, it's interesting because that's certainly very strong messaging from him. And by a lot of accounts, a lot of people, even teammates, have said he's still dealing with the injury. He's still dealing with something with that knee. He had the elbow thing earlier. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because, you know, he's, I mean, Ryan Linsky is getting knocked around. He is getting hit. I know you wrote something on sort of the toughness he's shown by necessity, really more than anything else, because he is getting just smashed by people. But I don't know how much relief and how much of a change South Carolina can really offer because they've got to carry in Joyner, who's got a bad hamstring. And Joyner came out today, said he was as healthy as he's been. So maybe that means he's pretty healthy. Maybe that means he'll play a bunch this week. Who's to say? But... I don't know if he's necessarily a guy who's going to be that much of an answer. He helped them hold the line against Georgia, but that was when South Carolina was playing really well in a lot of other facets. They're not right now. And I think it's interesting because there's a lot of questions coming from outside the program about, is there a reason to test out a new quarterback, which is kind of a common thing. A lot of fans all over will say, why didn't you test out that guy? Or why didn't you give that guy a chance? And we've, you know, we, we, we heard it through most of the Jake Bentley era. We heard it before the Jake Bentley era. And I think that to a degree, part of that's life. Overall, I just think it's going to be an interesting thing to watch because Helensky sure seems to be ailing in some way or another. And the question is at what point, and is there a point at which Dakarian Joyner maybe becomes a better option? Does, does Helensky have to get hurt again? What, what kind of factors in there? I mean, let's just say that South Carolina does go up big against Vanderbilt like is expected. You at least would like to see Joyner get in there to take Kalinske out of harm's way. Like we saw in reverse against Tennessee, he was still in there late in the game and he's taking these hits like you're talking about. A lot of punishment. And I think, you know, if at all possible, you'd assume the coaching staff would like to spare him those. Certainly if uh, what Joyner said on Tuesday that he's as good as he'll be, He's ready to go. Certainly, if that's the case, you would expect that to happen, and you'd hope that would happen. Muschamp was asked after the Tennessee game, why no joiner? The explanation was he still couldn't, quote, protect himself, which kind of led to the the interesting question of basically they would put him in an emergency situation, but not necessarily in a non-emergency situation. So how that kind of shakes out sort of remains to be seen. I definitely think I think Kalinske is going to hold this job the rest of the way, assuming he's healthy. Just based on everything they've said, everything they've seen, the kind of passer that it seems like all the guys are. But I also could see a situation where, if game situations call for it, they will test out Joyner a little bit more. One thing I did want to mention, because of what South Carolina players were saying about what they've seen from Vanderbilt's defense, and something Coach Muschamp said about explosive plays and how the lack of them has really... Uh, highlighted South Carolina's other offensive problems. Basically, you know, if you have those explosive plays, then they would cover it up. But now that they don't, you're seeing all the all the warts basically exposed. Do you think this could be the kind of game where we could see Ryan Holinsky and the Gamecocks maybe get a little bit of a little bit of that explosive play 
explosive quality back about them? I certainly do, because when you're going up against a defense that likes to do some cover zero stuff and likes to be that aggressive, they basically put their corners on an island and say, beat them one-on-one. And if South Carolina can, there is room to roam. There's space, and... South Carolina, he's correct, has not generated a ton of explosives, and it's sort of, you know, it means that if you get in second and 14 or first and 15, you're going to have to be very deliberate because you're going to need a modest gain on every single play, and that is not super easy to do. South Carolina really struggled with that against Tennessee, and it's interesting because they haven't necessarily been the most efficient offense, really through most of the Muschamp era, and last year explosiveness actually kind of saved them a lot. It's interesting to see Vanderbilt go with that tact because usually underdog teams don't tend toward the really aggressive defenses, except for, you know, a couple, because they're harder to run and there's a lot of risk involved. So I think we could probably see a return to some of those explosive plays. Now, the question that follows that will be, how much does that carry over into the weeks following? Because, you know, if you get it fixed against Vanderbilt, does that mean that it's fixed or does that mean that it's Vanderbilt? All right, that's all we got for our football portion right now. But before we leave that topic, I just wanted to note, the state is hosting our first Go Gamecocks tailgate this Saturday from 4 to 7 in our parking lot. So please be sure to stop by and pick up some free swag. We'll have some posters, uh, some magazines. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. Now, Greg, seasons are changing a little bit for you because we're about to start actual basketball season. You've got a women's exhibition the day before the Vanderbilt game. What are you kind of expecting? Is there anything you can learn from this kind of game? Or is it more just, you know, folks can come out, take a a first look at this team doing kind of what it wants to do? No, I think you can actually learn a fair bit, especially because this team seems to have so many options. I wouldn't say unsettled, but it has so many options it could go with. And this will be our first chance to see how Dawn Staley handles that in a game situation. Right now, I think I have a pretty good grasp of who, you know, three or four of the starting five spots will go to. But she said at SEC Media Days that even the second unit could be more productive than the first unit based on how she organizes it. So I think this, what I'm really going to be looking for is not the score, but how she organizes her rotations, which combinations seem to work really well together. I think you saw when Asia Wilson was a freshman, she came off the bench. And I think we might be, we might see some of that again this year with the number one recruiting class they're bringing in. You know, it's a very talented freshman, but Don Staley and the senior leaders on this team have praised them for being very coachable and very humble and not coming in and expecting to be the superstars right away. So, with that in mind, can they come off the bench and have this insanely talented but still very inexperienced second unit of just almost all freshmen? That would be a very, I think, an ideal scenario where you can have this first line of very veteran players that can kind of ease into the game first. So that's going to be mainly what I'm looking for. Hey there. Like what you hear? Good news. You can help ensure the state continues making journalism you love to read, watch, and listen to. If you're more into sports than news, you'd probably like our Sports Pass membership, which gives you access to unlimited sports coverage for just $30 for the first year. Subscribe to Sports Pass at thestate.com slash sportspass. You can also read more Gamecocks news by downloading the Go Gamecocks app or by signing up for our newsletter at thestate.com slash newsletters. Thanks for supporting local journalism. Now, back to today's episode. I am joined now by our men's basketball beat reporter, Andrew Ramsbacker. Andrew, the men have their exhibition opener on Wednesday against Columbia International. 
What do you think Coach Frank Martin is hoping to see from his team in this game? I think number one, first and foremost, which seems kind of crazy considering it's an exhibition game, but he wants to win. And that is something that stems directly back to uh, last season. South Carolina basketball was in the news for a result that it did not want out there (laughs) in the fact that it lost its exhibition game to a Division II team in Augusta. Uh, The Jaguars went on to win 28 games and went to the third round of the Division II tournament, but it doesn't matter. As Frank Martin alluded to uh, in his press conference earlier this week, he felt that that South Carolina fan base that night, he felt that he lost a little bit of those fans that night, right? They thought this team, oh God, this, this team isn't going anywhere. And, you know, there was some, there's truth to that because I think that you combine that result, and again, it did not matter. Um, obviously, it doesn't count towards your record. And as Frank has pointed out several times since, he sat Chris Silva for the final 10 minutes of that game. He never used any of his timeouts. He wasn't plotting out strategy to try to win. But at the end of the day, it's fair of a fan base to expect its team to beat a team from, to just a, out-talent them. from a lower level. And last year's team was not able to do that against a good Division II team. But, you know, you think about that result, and then you think about how South Carolina performed in the early months of last season. It was kind of an eye-opener that made you think, oh, man, like – yeah, this team lost to Wyoming and Stony Brook. Well, lost to a Division II team in exhibition season. So maybe there was some carryover there. Obviously, the team eventually figured it out and had a great run in SEC play and finished fourth in the league. But you know that early season slide might have foreshadowed a bit by its result in the in the exhibition game. Now, Augusta, as we mentioned, had it went on to have a really good year. Columbia International University. This is a athletic department as a whole that was not even not even exist uh, a decade ago. This is only its sixth season of men's basketball. They compete at the NAIA level, so a, low, a level lower than what Augusta competed last year. Last year, they had their first ever CIU, I'm talking about, had its first ever winning season. So I think South Carolina's in good shape. I got a good feeling that they're going to win this one and knock it off to the start in exhibition play like it did last year. But I know that sounds crazy to say, but I think number one is winning more than anything is what Frank wants to see out of this team. I think, honestly, the fans remember last year, too. And and there's a lot of excitement for this team. And what a buzzkill it would be if these guys uh, came out and, and lost that exhibition game to a lower-level team. And looking beyond winning and losing, because, as you've mentioned, and it's an exhibition, so it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, what do you think Frank Martin wants to see from his team here? Especially in terms of, during his presser, he seemed to express some doubts uh, maybe about some of the progression of the younger guys. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's still highly optimistic about this team. He's been that way since really even looking back in last year, he talked about the potential of of the next season's team. Now that next season is basically here um, because he liked who he had coming back. He liked the guys coming off of redshirt years. Talking about J.R. Bolden and uh, Jermaine Kuznard. And um, he still likes that. He like, thinks all the returning players have taken a, a step forward, which is a good sign. So A.J. Lawson and Keyshawn Bryant, and he's been really high about Mike Coatsard's preseason. Where he's been disappointed, and he wouldn't name specific players, but he said there's a, a few guys that he thought would be able to help this team in November, so right away, that he said they haven't regressed but they also haven't taken that next step yet. And uh, I don't think it's hard to figure out that he's talking about some of his new guys, the true freshmen coming in, and also a grad transfer in uh, Micaiah Henry at a Tennessee Tech, a big man there. So, And I don't think that's alarming. I think that that just means the expectations Frank had for, for these guys coming in, he thought they were instant impact. Well, it's hard to kind of adjust to this system and pick it up right away. Um, he also hasn't given up hope about these guys. He thinks that they'll come around uh, eventually and will help this team. And 
you know, depth is a big weapon South Carolina feels it's going to have this year. Well, in order to have depth, you need more than the A.J. Lawsons and the Keyshawn Bryants and the Mike Coatsars. You need Wildens Levesque. You need contributions from Micaiah Henry. You need Trey Hannibal to help out that point guard spot. So I think as the year goes on, you're going to see those guys develop and, and, and help with that depth. But I think right away uh, you might not see it as much. At least that's the impression I've gotten uh, got from, from Frank Martin's press conference. And we will have more coverage from that exhibition online and on Twitter Wednesday at 7 p.m. All right, that is all the time we have for now. But thank you for listening, and please remember to subscribe, like, or follow us wherever you get your podcasts.